The views expressed on this podcast is strictly of the host and any subsequent guests. In other words, this ain't got shit to do with my employer. Team committed, uh, gotta go and get it, uh, chose to be in it, uh, that was the decision, uh, whole team committed, uh, gotta go and get it, uh, chose to be in it, uh, that was the decision. I done came down, still hollering what's up with it, I do it for my fam, friends and my enemies, we choose to be ignorant, I blow smoke like incense, all my folks go get it, rough shoulder realist, so Multi-million, oh what a feeling Never seen a ceiling We are in the building Rather build the building Work to do plenty No time for chilling Put on for my city Ignite choices, 300 horses uh, Self-worth more than your Porsches Bring it to your front door Where your porch is gorgeous Looking like a Basquiat portrait uh, That means I'm feeling blacker than ever Young black male, get the bag, package delivered Shout out to my brother on a whole nother level uh, Mr. Rough Show, can't no one do it better uh, Hey, welcome back to the Ignorant by Choice podcast. It's your host, Rough Show. Uh, I got a special guest today, uh, the talented Miss Tiffany Chanel, who runs her own podcast called Tiffany Tune Up. Hey, 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 what's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, first off, let me apologize. I know my voice probably sounds a little different. I didn't worry about all that, you know, uh, kind of parted a little too hard. Hmm. On Friday, cause you know I'm I'm up, um, up in Detroit. Hey, what up, dog? Detroit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So my voice is uh, it be coming and going, coming and going. Um, but I'm gonna let Tiffany do a little talking, let her introduce herself. Hi guys, um, thanks for having me on your show, uh, Tiffany Chanel. I'm sure at some point it'll just be Tiff, and that's fine with me. <laughs> Um, throughout the show, but yep, I have my own podcast. It's called Tiffany Tune Up. Um, you can find it most places where you can find the Ignorant by Choice podcast, which is Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. Um, and I'm just so happy that Ruth came to the 313 to visit us and you know get fucked up and partially lose the majority of the time he was here. Um, but you know, <laughs> that's what you do when you go out of town. You come, you come to live. You know, you can go back home to your boring, you know, everyday life. So I'm glad Detroit has been showing you a good time. You know, Detroit versus everybody. Basically, we live by that. We die by that. Everybody I run into got on that damn sweatshirt. Because yeah, you need to know. It's Detroit versus everybody. Everybody. In this everybody. It's copyrighted. If you see anybody else with it, it's false. It's fake news. <laughs> that is copywritten. It's been copywritten since it's been a thing. So they don't play up here, but not in the D. Not in the D. Uh, let me tell y'all, the one big difference is the weather. <laughs> so down south, nigga, like when I left, it was like eighty-eight degrees at nighttime. Up here, it's a little chilly. I ain't even gonna hold you. Man, it's that that wind get to blowing that hawk. Like we like to call it, that hawk be out. <laughs> Morning, day, nighttime, it don't matter, bro. That hawk be out here. The facts. And to be fair, you picked a a sketchy time in Detroit weather to visit. Like so sometimes in the in the fall, so we're in the fall now technically, you can get some good Indian summer here. Like you can, depending on the week, you'll get a 70, 80 degree day in the middle of October, late October, like last weekend, you just had to pick the one weekend. Where we was like, nah, fam, we not doing that. So it's a little brisk, a little chilly. A little brisk. And then it was raining. I want to say it was raining Friday. Yeah. Man, the hawk in that rain, <laughs> brother. 
That oh, combo hit you with the two-piece and the biscuit. I saw. I saw. <laughs> but and you made it. You survived. I survived, it. man. The only jacket I brought was a vest. Okay. No sleeves, my nigga. Wow. I was out here. Wow. I was out here. I had a good time. Wow. Trying out. to catch new and old ammonia. You know <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. Well, no, nah, man. It's been a pleasure being up here, man. Finally getting to meet a lot of people that I met through Facebook. You know, got my family up here. Um, spend some time with them. So yeah, man, it's been it's been cool, man. It's been a well thought out vacation. Besides my one day I took for recovery. Man, what? You know what I'm saying? Outside of that day, well, you know what I'm saying. I, I died, bro. I died, but I bounced back like Jesus, bro. Call me Young Easter. Come on. I, ca- I came back. Listen, on the third day. I came back on the third day. Your boy bounced back, bro. Listen. But that nigga, nigga died, bro. I ain't even gonna hold you. I ain't, just, I ain't think I was gonna make it, bro. I was gonna call my mama. I ain't finna hold you, bro. And she was gonna say, see you when you get back, cuz. <laughs> she not responsible for your grown ass at all. Uh, I'm sure, but I was about to call everybody like, hey, y'all, man, I had a good run. 32, 32 strong years, bro. 32 strong years. You can't ask for no more. Man. Because it was, a, it was a goddamn rap. Man, so this is not your first time in Detroit. You got family here. How often do you get to come here? Uh, this is my first time coming to Detroit. Wow. <laughs> Shut it down, man. This, this this is my first time. Wow. I thought that, but I was not sure. And I was like, well, look, you got a family here. I'm sure he's been here before, so. Like, all my other family been up here. Okay. Your boy. Okay. First time. Listen, sometimes you got to wait till you get grown. Your finances is like grown people finances where you can take trips and it don't put a dent in your soul and your bills. And when you cut back, you want to be crying. I get it. Okay. But usually, man, usually all my folks that's, that's up here. Because this is my daddy's brother and his kids and my auntie who lived up there. They always came down to Alabama or sent the kids down to Alabama during the summer. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't never really fell up here, but obviously my family been up here plenty of times. My nigga, they got memories I know nothing about. Nice. You know nice. what I'm saying? I was like, hey, all my memories in Alabama, so, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, man, Detroit is cool, man. It's a, it's a nice city, well, especially where I stay at. Ain't nothing but uh, white folks out here. Listen, you staying in the wrong. You're not getting the full experience. <laughs> you out here getting the full experience of Detroit. But I would say because you lost daylight and you lost a whole day trying to get your life back in order, you should have had some Pedialyte in your suitcase. Knew you was going to turn up, but I digress. I feel oh, like it's a lot of Detroit that you probably going to miss or didn't get to see. So you need a redo. Um, you got to see downtown. You got to get to at least two of the three casinos. And you got to go to Canada. You have to do it. So you got to come back when you prepare to be an adult and yeah. get your bearings. And bring your Pedialyte next time. Man, I bought, some, man, I bought some, some, some Gatorade, bro. Uh, Usually that be part of my bounce back routine, but Edward like no fam, I ain't got nothing for you this time, my nigga. Listen, I'm using your you body gonna... is starting to reject. Gatorade, cause that John was like, nah, fam, you just gonna have to you're gonna have to lay this one down. Oh man. You have to call so on the Lord. That's sad, fam. I'm glad you're feeling somewhat better. I was in this thing listening to gospel music, bro. <laughs> Trying to turn your life around. <laughs> I was like, I won't do it no more. Oh Lord. my god. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, I don't even want to know what artists. Now you probably had just like a playlist. Don't worry about it. Man, hey, listen, whatever gets the job done, baby. <laughs> so, welcome back from the dead. I appreciate it. You are. I appreciate it. So, um, so the interesting thing, or well, the thing I wanted to talk about, and one of the reasons I have Miss Tiffany on this podcast is because she is a creative, and every shape, form, and fashion of the word. Namaste. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she's very talented, man. She can sing. She can write. Hey, hey. She got her own, her own <laughs> podcast. Like, hey, she got it. She got it, man. She got it. No cap. Oh, man. No Thank cap. You. I appreciate you. No cap. So, but uh, one of the things that she talked about on one of her podcast episodes is being a creative in the corporate world. You know what I'm saying? And her experiences. And things of that nature that takes place, um, especially trying to use the corporate world to, I guess, like basically fund your creative side 
or to get your creative side accomplished and the hardships that come along with that, especially when the job will suck you dry. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll drain you of all your energy and things of that nature. And I want to talk about it because for me, I don't consider myself creative. Like, I had this podcast, but for me, like, my podcast for me is just therapeutic. It's a way for me to just talk to you niggas. And if y'all listen, y'all listen. If not, y'all not. You know what I'm saying? But it's kind of for me to just be able to get my thoughts off without having a bunch of people reply back to me in live time. Like, like, let's say if I create a status or something. So I don't consider myself creative. I actually consider myself kind of in the corporate world. Um, so, but that's just some of the things, you know, um, we're going to talk about with Miss Tiffany and how does it feel being a creative in the corporate world? So I will say I would disagree as far as you not being creative because you do have a podcast and you do use this as an artistic outlet to share your journalism in quotation marks, <laughs> <laughs> your journalistic facts and like things that you think about, um, your creative mind thinks about. So I would definitely put you in a creative space, although you might be associating creative with like art or writing or something of that nature, still reporting feelings or like documenting your thoughts in regards to whatever is to me being a creative. So I would say you are a creative. That's the first thing. However, being a creative in a corporate America and not necessarily hard sold on corporate America, but just any job that you have to work to support yourself. So you work in a nine to five or whatever type of career it is that has nothing to do with what your creative uh, niche is. It's difficult for a, a lot of reasons. I really wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> I would say the first, very first frustrating thing is being somewhere where you know you're not going to be like long term. Like your mind is constantly reminding you every day. This is not even what you want to do. This is not what you want to do. This is not what you want to do like every day. <laughs> but you know you got bills to pay. You know you got mouths to feed. Maybe you got kids. If you don't, you got your own mouth to feed. You got all types of responsibilities, you know, as a, a human being. So you, you know you have to do something to take care of yourself. And I think the most frustrating thing, I can speak for me, um, my main focus, yes, I do sing, um, I don't, I'm not a spotlight singer. That's what I call it. I sing uh, background for a few local artists. I do uh, studio vocal arrangements. She, she can be the front runner in the singing. No, no thank you. She no, can do thank it. You. <clears throat> for the people in the back, I'm not, that's not where, the, first of all, that ain't where the money at. That's the first thing. Thank you, though. I could, but I choose the latter um, because my real passion is writing. I think uh, most of my people know, and for y'all, um, listeners of, this podcast I write so that is where I get the most joy that is where I feel like I'm most successful in expressing myself and in the long run that is where the dividends will come in when you do your writer's credits and your publishing um those type of things and you start building those type of relationships in the industry and for me writing will allow me to when I get to the point where I want to be to be a part of the industry but still be able to go to Target without security and buy my own Fruit Loops or whatever. So that's the fun part about being a writer because the whole industry can know you. All the main artists can know you. They all can hit you up. They'll be inviting you to all the parties. You get to go to the Grammys. You get to do all the things, but you still get to be your own individual because the world doesn't know you. And that's the fun part about being behind the scenes. You still get that money. You just don't get the notoriety, but I'm fine with that. So knowing... All the dreams you have and all the goals you have and then being somewhere every day that is everything against what that is, it is hard. Like mentally, it can turn into levels of stress because you know that you are much greater than what you're doing to take care of yourself. But you still have to have a means to take care of yourself and a means to fund your dreams, even with your podcast, like even with our, you know, passion projects as people would call it you need money to keep your equipment up you need money to 
And me as a writer, I need money to go in the studio. I need money to pay artists if I don't want to sing my own things. I need money to uh, sheesh. Does anything that involves me having to put something down on wax or put something down to start promoting. Now, you know, you need money to put your stuff on the internet. So it's frustrating when you know that your talent is much bigger than where you are. And the I think the other big piece of it is working with people who don't know that side of you. And you don't necessarily want them to because they don't really deserve to know <laughs> that side of you. But it's really frustrating working with people who will never understand the mind of a creative because a creative we're constantly thinking we're constantly going 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 and to have to like I guess the word I would use is conform kind of conform to your surroundings and kind of be like okay I could cuss this person out right now (laughs) right now could be the time and, and I could do that and walk out but then knowing that Unfortunately, your um, your nine to five is connected partly to your dream because you do or should be or trying to use that to fund whatever it is that you want to do creatively to get you out of that situation. So that's where the headache or the the stressful moments come in because you know you can't make knee jerk decisions or it's going to delay your future goals and dreams as it uh, concerns whatever it is you're trying to do in real life and not this job that's weighing your heart down because it's not really what you want to do. So, yeah. So if, so let's say if you can pick the perfect job or how you would want the perfect job to be to find your goals, what would that job look like? Sure. Or like, what would that job allow you to do? It would definitely have to be a job with probably with other creatives who understand each other. Um, even if it is in a, so, a so-called corporate setting, I think I've only had one or two jobs like that. I won't call them out because they don't deserve the breath that I breathe. Um, but <laughs> but I, I did have one job like a couple years ago like that, and it was a temp job. But that particular company, they understood like, the happier our employees are, the more productive they'll be. They even really encouraged um, you to be a creative, even though you were there to, you know, work your normal ass job. They would like hear about people or like know of people who are being creative. They would hire staff members to do the Christmas party. Like, oh, I heard you had a band. Submit us a tape. And if you was good, boom, you on the ticket. And so that type of environment would be one of the only ones that I feel like um, I would thrive in knowing that. And they, and they, you had your set times, you know, when you were supposed to be at work and all that, but they weren't super strict as long as your numbers were met, as long as you were, the metrics were meeting up, as long as the, everything was lining up. If you were supposed to be at work at nine and you came strolling in at 920, wasn't nobody on your back like, oh, you know, you're supposed to be here at 920 because they either know, one, you're going to stay or you're going to work really, really hard because they made sure that you had snacks. (laughs) Like They made sure they fed us all the time. Like They kept a happy work culture. Um, And I know a, a lot of people, it's one of the bigger companies in the city it employs a lot of people. They are one of the few companies that don't drug test. So you already know the half the population is happy coming in the door because we don't know what they do recreationally um, because the owner felt like that's not important. What's important is that I have good people and, you know, you smoking pot is not necessarily something that's going to hold you back from being a productive person. So an environment like that, that would be one of the ones that I would say I could completely be okay with while pursuing my actual goals and dreams, a a company that understood the culture of people and not just the culture of big business. So was the owner, um, well, the person you work for, were they younger? Not necessarily younger, but they weren't old. They weren't old. I would say they're middle age, but they are not new to the game and they have, several million other business ventures that are all kind of connected within the city. So they just understood the culture. Like they understood 
again, the happier the people that work for me are, the more they're going to want to work and get done. Like when you understand that as long as you're giving people and making people feel empowered, giving them their job, they know what to do. Um, they're self-starters. Like you have to kind of know who you're hiring. So their interview process, I'm not going to say it was strenuous or intense, but the way they interview was unique in that they really want to get to know you as a person. Not that you didn't have to have any qualifications, but they really got to know you a little bit on a personal level because they want to know if you're going to come here and get your work done without us having to beat you over the head to do it. And I think they did a good job at picking people who kind of knew like, okay, I got to come in here and be serious, but we'd be rolling around the office in, in chairs, rolling up to each other, beatboxing and going back to our seats. Like it was just, it was relaxed just enough for people to know, like, if I don't want to lose this opportunity, I need to get my work done to be somewhere where you can kind of be silly or you can kind of talk to your coworkers and people ain't at your desk sniffing, looking for you when you've been gone yeah, for seven right. minutes, like that type of thing. So that the is micro man, man. What I can't stand, man. That. What some people thrive currently where I'm at. Let me tell you, rough be known. Sometimes we kick it. I'll be like, hey, fam, you might got to come up here and, and handle some light work because they be tripping, tripping. And I'm like, that's never the way to get what you want. <laughs> like that's never the way to get the results. And I don't know that old school mentality. That's 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 exactly what it is. It's a it's an old school mentality that work with our parents. And our grandparents mm. and our generation after that is just like, no, nah, this ain't this ain't gonna work. Yeah, this ain't it. Because you know, you know, I'm in school and I'm in school for business. And one of the things I learned about it by our generation specifically and the generation that coming up after us, like we'll walk the fuck out of job real Man. quick. Like you know, especially a lot of places have a lot of turnover and they have problems keeping good employees. Because of the way that they treat their employees and they treat their, you know, employees like they would treat like our grandparents and our, you know what I'm saying, and our mothers. And it's like they had to work 30 years in this place that gave them hell mm -hmm. in order for them to uh, make a way. And for us, we'd be like, nah, man, I'm going to do this. And if you get on my nerves, too bad. I will walk out of this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But... When it's one thing to have bills to pay, but when you're trying to fund a project, mm -hmm. sometimes walking out of a job or quitting a job is probably a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's one thing you can save up money and, you know, pay your bills doing it that way. But when you have part of your funds going towards your dream to what you want to be and what you want to accomplish, walking out on a job or just up and quitting ain't the most idealistic thing to do or realistic yeah because it, it what it do what it will do is prolong whatever you got going on and that's the bold part of it because it's like literally you choosing your mental sanity over your dreams and like your potential this is gonna get me out of this mess but i don't know how much longer i can stay here and deal with this mess so that's the the struggle that you go through so like touching on what you said about people walking out i think it's funny especially our generation which we are like the, I guess the tail end of the millennial or like right right there that to almost where we not millennials, but we still are um, in our age group. So I was fortunate enough to go to a performing arts high school. So most of my friends are creative. They either dance, sing, write, act. It's something of that discipline, some type of like artistic discipline, uh, draw, something like that, right? So a lot of us are doing that right we're working these jobs that we don't necessarily want to be at because we're trying to fund a bigger idea a bigger dream a bigger goal things that we actually want to do with our lives there are so many talented people out here who will never break that barrier strictly because they don't have the financial support or um the means to kind of just go out there like uh, your boy uh, who keeping this presidential seat warm because that's not my president, who um, who said he got a small loan of a million dollars from his pops. <laughs> and it's like, bruh, if I got a small loan, I could have had of a million dollars. If I had a small loan of $100,000, um, I could have funded so many EPs by now. I could have taken so many trips by now to meet, you know, so many people and went to so many conferences because there are things out there for 
people like myself, like who write um, specifically songwriting or even book writing there. They have conferences. They have things all the time. These things cost money. Travel costs money. But once you get there, all types of connects are there. You can link up next thing you know. You don't know who you're meeting. But again, all these things cost money. So you really literally are struggling with the idea of being somewhere you hate temporarily for for a long-term gain of possibly, you know, meeting that that goal of yours, that creative goal of yours. So you are right. People now, and especially, I will say for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, I am single. I do not have kids. I am not married. I can walk out of any job when I want to, <laughs> if I want to, but because I care about myself, I still have bills. I still got to eat. I still got to do all these things. But I think a lot of our generation, because I see this all the time on social media, we're not having kids like we used to. We're not getting married like we used to. We don't have those same statistics because we can't afford it. Everybody up to their neck in student loan debt. Uh, that's the biggest, biggest debt that I keep hearing about. That's why I'm terrified to go back to school now because ain't nobody got time for that. Um, just to say I got a piece of paper, like make it make piece of paper, make it make sense to me. Like make it make sense to me because you got this paper, but it's like you drowning in debt for the rest of your life trying to repay this loan or whatever it is that you had to do to get there. So it's almost like a setup for the letdown. And it's just a lot of us are not, like you said, our grandparents, our parents, because we don't have those same obligations. And even if we do, we walking out because we Unlike our parents, our grandparents, we're talking more about going to therapy. We're talking more about mental health. We're talking more about mental wellness. And so we are going to therapy. We are getting the help. And the therapist is saying, leave. <laughs> like, we, if you stressed out, get leave. out of that thing. And we're and we trying our best not to be like our parents. Period. Like, like we, we are trying our best because we know... Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't saying I had a, a horrible upbringing with parents or nothing like that. But we can clearly, when we look back on our childhood and sometimes see the unhappiness that our parents had going to work and, and things like that and not being able to live out whatever their dreams were. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, they, you know, kids and or they got married. And for our generation, we not we not out here having babies like that. I mean, some people are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of us still aren't. We're like, we not, you know what I'm saying, having kids and, and, and getting married and things of that nature. But for me, like, going back to school, like, I would not be back in school if school in my state wasn't free. It'd be no way. No, I, I already got student loan debt from the first time I went to school and acted a fool. And they come out of there with no piece of paper. Yeah. Well, I did come out of there with a piece of paper, a paper that said, hey, nigga, you owe this. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the only piece All of paper right. I walked out of there with. You know what I'm saying? So if, it, if school went oh. free, now for me, it's no way I'll go back and try to finish it. So, but let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you dread more going to work or not ever reaching your full potential? You got to re-ask that in English. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you hit me with the one, too. Wow. I think, putting things in perspective, I think I would be more remiss not reaching my goals of, you know, succeeding in my creative niche than going to work. Like, yes, I dread going to work because don't nobody want to be there. But would be what would be more dreadful is doing this for years to come and continuing to go to a place, wherever it may be, um, especially this current place. Whoo, have mercy. Um, and, and and doing all that for what? Because if, if you know what it is that you want and you know where it is that you want to be, there should be some type of um, get up and go. There should some be some type of plan, some type of plan of action that you have um, to get away from where it is that you are now. And you try to do it as smart as you can. You try to do it as diligent as you can. Um, and still being realistic and still taking care of yourself is a lot to consider. But I think me not ever being the writer that I feel like I was destined to be would be more devastating or uh, more crucial to me than having to go to this job that I don't really care for day in, day out. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. So... With your, um, see for me, like, so when you when you did your podcast about this topic, 
I've because I work in corporate where you know I've, I've been I did banking for six years. I do human resources now mm-hmm. and things of that nature, and I always try to figure out how can you create a balance between allowing people to fulfill their dreams, but also your business succeeding. You know what I'm saying? And being in school now, that's that's primarily like all of the classes that I take is trying to get businesses to move in that direction, mm-hmm. be more, you know, employee friendly, mm-hmm. allowing them, you know, and, you know, got resources now at certain jobs where, you know what I'm saying, you can get therapy for free and yeah. things of that nature and you got sick days, but it's, you know, it's still a long way to go because we still got a lot of old people that's working. I really can't wait till them niggas retire. Come on. I like, for real. Like, Man, they're still antiquated in their thinking and their way. They're yeah. not understanding that new workplace culture or, or the the direction that companies may be trying to go in. They can't really can't stand it. That The job I worked previous to this one, I had a boss like that. Man, listen. That's why I left that job. I feel like I jumped from that hole and jumped into a deeper one. But I left that job because there were a lot of people on the board, and I worked for a nonprofit um, but there, and I worked in HR as well. And there were a lot of people on the board and most of the older people or the people who had been there longer were older. Um, and they had all these antiquated ideas. So they wasn't understanding the, the younger girls or the younger people like myself who came into HR. And literally, like, I have, I would have people come visit me and didn't even want to go to the head of HR because of, you know, her approach and how kind of uh, clinical, how kind of cold she was. And they would come to me and literally be like, Literally stuff they knew I couldn't help the with because she she was one of those micromanagers that had mm-hmm. to have her hand on everything. So even things that I know I could help you with, it would be like, well, if anybody come to you about such and such, make sure they come to me. And it's like, but don't nobody like you, girl. Like literally people walk past your office to come to my office just so I can send them back to your office so they can tell me how terrible of a human you are. But they still got to deal with you because that's what you want. Not because can't nobody else help them, but because you want to be a micromanager. So the older... That's the hard part, and I think that was is the struggle in trying to convert um, people to a new wave of employee friendly, which it should have been always, and that's the problem. People are resistant to change. People are resistant to change, and especially old people, and they don't never want to retire, and you can't make them. They yeah. don't never want to retire, and it it sucks because it, it, the the people, the progressive people, because we ain't going to say young, there are progressive older, older people, people too. Yeah. But it's, the other it's those people, people that, you know, fall right outside the millennial. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they got a, a progressive mindset, but these old people don't go no goddamn well, man. <laughs> they holding the seats and man. keeping them warm forever. Like, yeah. this is my cubicle in this corner. I've been looking out the same window for 38 years and I'm be looking out this window till I retire. Like that is going to be what is going to always hold a company back in creating environments where even if you're not a creative per se, like if you, you in finance, you're in business, if you wanted to open your own firm, if you wanted to do something, um, hell, start your own credit union, like whatever it is, you should be allowed the mental leeway you should be able to go to your job and not be so drained because let me tell you one thing i do get tired of seeing on social media is the memes that say you know don't go to your job and work eight hours for somebody and then don't come home and work on your dreams let me tell you who be exhausted after working eight hours somewhere they get on my nerves from seven and a half of them hours like come on man listen i done got off work and they want to record not a damn thing facts you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I my my podcast used to be hey, it's gonna drop every Thursday. I get off work Thursday morning and I'd be like, okay, let me go and record. And I'd be like, mm-mm. I'm going to bed. So usually my podcast get dropped on Friday. That's the way it's been for a while. And that's probably what I'm gonna move it to yeah. permanently because I don't work on Fridays when I get off work. So that give me the opportunity not to be so tired, but you be exhausted as hell. It'd be hard as hell to work on the stuff that you really want to do. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, I, I just, I, I just want to play 2K. I really do. Like, <laughs> I want to spend like, my time play 2K, Man, bro. Man, I'm saying. So you got it. Like, you expect to, like, 
Go to this job. Take care of yourself. Find time. Because it, it is what it is. And I don't want it to sound like a bunch of uh, excuses or a bunch of, uh, you know, crybaby antics or whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, if you want it bad enough, you're going to make a way. You're going to find a way. That's what you're going to do. If you want whatever it is that you're dreaming of, whatever it is, wherever you fall in your goals and your your the things that your passion projects, you are going to make it happen. But that don't mean it's easy as pie. It's not. It's not easy going somewhere, giving a lot of yourself to something that is potentially helping you fund your thing. But you be woe out, so you really got to strategically and bless the people who do got kids and a spouse and other people that they have to consider. Because now you got to be a mama, a daddy, a chef. Uh, a nurse, a teacher, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like all, you got to do that and still find time for you and still find time for what it is that's going to propel you and your family to the next level. Like, sway, how? Because it's so, it ain't so many hours in a day and people try to make it look like it's just, you know, get over it and, you know, you can you can do it. It just ain't always a it walk in the park. Easy, yeah. But I guess anything worth having is worth, you know, fighting for. That's what they say. So I think like a lot of people who do it and they got all that on their plate, like being a spouse or being a, a mother or a father in general. Like I don't think enough people talk about the sacrifices that they really had to make, especially yeah. with being a parent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially being um being somebody's spouse. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you gotta take a lot of time, yeah, away from them, to, you know, what I'm saying like, yeah, look at all the glitz and the glamour, and that's all cool, but it's a lot of sacrifices. It's a lot of people who, who damn, just move across country, leave their job, move somewhere, ain't got no job, yeah, the the to try to make it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or to get their dreams accomplished, and for the ones that get it accomplished, man, you know. Bravo, but it's a lot of other ones who. And I say you have to have like a, a deep, deep, deep talk and conversation with your household, like the people that you love, your kids, your family, your spouse, whatever. Because I like I have a family member now who just or like is almost finished completing their bachelor's. And to me, and this is, you know, me just in my own looking from the outside, but because I am close to this person, I feel like a lot of their household had to suffer for them to get that degree. Mm -hmm. um, really, their children <laughs> were suffering to, for them to get that degree. And in their mind, they were like, well, I am doing this for the kids. At the same time, I could literally see the default. I can literally see the deconstruction in the home. But in their mind, it was like tunnel vision, tunnel vision. I got to do this because it's going to benefit them in the long run. But... When people say you can have your cake and eat it too, or when they ask that question, like, can you really be, you know, the boss chick or, you know, the boss dude and still be a good husband and still be a good father and still be a good brother and all that without something going to falter? I think that I don't I don't think if anybody tell you that they did it all and nothing faltered, somebody lying, somebody, the wife isn't got a gag order, somebody, something going on because something suffered. It may not be tremendously, but something had to falter. The house had to go unkept. Something had to happen unless you just got it like that. If you're just a regular Joe Schmo, like mo the majority of us trying to get somewhere, trying to reach a goal, trying to finish school, trying to open a business, whatever. Once you set your sights on that and lock in on that, if you do have external things, forces, spouse, kids, you got to really, y'all got to really have a plan for tight-knit, like, execution. Because if you don't, things are going to suffer. And that's the scary part about, like, having a lot of us, unlike our parents, are choosing to wait later in life to have families and have to get married because we want to accomplish those things without hopefully sacrificing our family and then yeah. getting a divorce or our kids hating us forever. Yeah. We trying to like do it the opposite way. And then we get, so now we getting married later, having kids later, if we having kids at all, not to say that's the right way, but I, for me, I don't want to bring a little person in this world and neglect them trying to reach a goal. Not that my goals are not important because my goals would be for them. There's a lot to consider. So yeah. Like I know, like I know you hate sports. Come on, fam. But so it's a it's a coach. Um, I'm about to get booed right now. They're like, sports hater, get her out of here. <laughs> nah, so, I don't hate sports, y'all. I just y'all be so invested. I don't understand why. Why? Man, listen. Why? If you ain't part owner, 
If they ain't none of them your cousins, you gotta chill. Y'all relax. Listen, man, we we not gonna get into relax, that. relax, just you, a little you, bit. You just be hating because you don't understand them. I listen. I I know a few things, but I just don't understand the emotional. Y'all be so emotionally invested. Hey, is is there? A show that you ever been emotionally invested in? Probably several. All right, then. It don't got to make sense. We just do it. <laughs> okay. We okay. just do it. Okay. But, but there's this coach, this famous coach, and he says, um, and it's about sacrifice. He says every time he was being a good father, he felt like he was being a bad coach. Mm. And every time he was being a great coach, he felt like he was being a bad father. He was like, it was no way for him to choose Either or, and they both get the the time that they both desire. Like either being him being a football coach, um, or being a father and a husband. Yeah. He was like it always felt like it was a sacrifice each and every time. Every time he was doing one or the other, all he thought about was what are my kids doing? What are my um? What is my my spouse doing? And he was like when he was with them, he was like I could be working on making my team better or mentoring my football players and uh you know being a father figure to them and yeah. he was like it was no balance like it was always feeling to him like i don't necessarily want to say unsatisfied but he always mourned one or the other yeah you know what i'm saying and i was like that's it that's real that's real it's real like that 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 that's real like that's why i say this it's, there's always Gonna have to be some type of sacrifice, and you know what I'm yeah. saying. And I commend people who wait on having children and trying to get a few you, ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. To work on that grind, you know what yeah. I'm saying, because it's damn now. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. It is. It is. It's, it's very difficult, and I commend people who, you know, it's like, hey man, we're gonna wait on this, and we're gonna try to get this off the ground. You know what I'm saying, and you know, more power to them, man. I wish I'd be hoping everybody the best. I'd be wanting everybody to reach their full potential, yeah. meet all their goals. Yeah. You know, I try to support everybody in any way that I can, well, man. Definitely you do. I can say that for sure. I just, I just, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I like to see people happen. I like to see people accomplish things. And, and, and in that same vein, like, shout out to the people who support their people, man. Like, shout out to the people y'all don't even know. Like the people, like the childless aunties, like, man, my babies, them, you know, my nieces and nephews, like, if it wasn't for the the uncles and the aunties and the, you know, some of us who don't have spouses and don't have kids and things like that to, like, take up a lot of our time and all we do got to do is go to work, you know, hang out with our friends and try to keep those connections alive, but we can get the kids on the weekend so you can get a break so you can study or whatever. So, like, when I see stories on the internet, would it be like, you know mom gets her doctor's degree and walks across the stage with her infant like somebody was there watching that baby somebody some grandma was there you know helping out during study sessions some somebody was there assisting that mom because she don't necessarily have to be a single mom we're not going to do that stigma but just somebody was there in her corner allowing her to finish her doctorate where she could do that and walk across the stage so the baby didn't necessarily experience neglect, but there probably was some long nights where, you know, mama was like, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. Um, so shout out to the people who do, because I think that is a part of it. You got to have a team behind you. Like You got to have people that believe in you. You got to push for it, whether people believe in you or not. But it's so important to have those people who do support you, who do believe in your dreams, who do, you know, whatever it is they can to help you be as you know on top of things or keep you focused mentally strong mentally well so that you can remind yourself of why you do what you do you call your homie like yo i had a rough day at work i'm about to walk out they're like mm, that ep though <laughs> like you gotta you gotta i know you want to quit but you almost done like those people are so 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 important and if it wasn't for those people listen here a lot of projects and a lot of things and a lot of goals that'll never see the light of day. So it is important to have those people around you. So and I could definitely say you definitely one of those people. You be supporting everybody's projects and encouraging people to kind of keep going because I think you understand the importance of really living out your dream and like not feeling stuck. 
you know, not feeling stuck and bound to a job that you know you ain't got no vest in, like you're not invested in that thing. You're just literally there so that you can take care of your business and fund your passions. And so, yeah, shout out to those people, for real. Those people are important. Yeah. They are, man. They are. I just, like I said, man, I, I just want to see everybody happy. Um, because the more happier people is, man, it's a better world that we live in. Yeah. And shout out to the people who who on the grind. Shout out to you on the grind. Hey, listen, you know Namaste. Saying? Shout out to you. Schooling your hundred thousand jobs. <laughs> you got going on. Shout out to you, cause man, it ain't easy, man. I swear to God, it's not. It's not, man. None of it is gonna be easy. But hopefully. Before we all, you know, before they all shut the casket on our ass, yeah. we get everything accomplished. A majority of the things checked off on our list and saying, like, man, we did this. Like, shit, man, we lived a good life and we got this yeah. completed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's that's kind of why I look at things, man. I just want to, before I leave this bitch, man, I want to do everything that I set out to do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I want everybody that I'm connected to to um, to do the same thing, man. So I'm going to go hard for everybody I know. Like, if I know you, I'm going to fuck with you. And I'm going to support everything. Or if you create something that I enjoy, I want you to continue to create it. So I'm going I'm to go hard for you. I'm going to support it, you know what I'm saying, in, in whatever type of way, whether, you know what I'm saying, it's me sharing something, liking something, um, financially investing in something, buying something. Like, if I believe in you and I believe in the spirit that you have, like, hey, man, um, let's do it, man. Let's, I, I'm going to support you 100%. I'm going to rock with you. For sure. And I said this before, like, I spoke about this briefly, too, on Tiffany Tune-Up, and I said, for me, and not being, like, underwhelmed or anything like that, but for me... I do not know if I'm ever gonna have kids. I do not know if I'm not gonna be if I'm ever gonna be married. Only thing I know is the talent that I possess and what I have to give to this world. I can't call the future. I can't call what it's gonna be. So in the event that I never get those things or I never pass my genes on to a kid or I never have a spouse or whatever, the only thing that I have in this life is the gift that I could leave and the legacy that I could leave through my writing. And through my music. And I would hate to be on this earth all this time. To leave this earth and never have left an imprint. And for me, my legacy wouldn't be to my family, my kids. It would be something that I could leave for the world to listen to over and over and over again. For their kids to listen to and their kids to listen to. That I left a beautiful piece of art to be passed around for generations to come. That would be my legacy. So for me, that's how I would leave my footprint. And I don't ever want to put myself in a position where I find myself not reaching that or not having those feelings of I got it. If I don't do nothing but put out one song my whole life, <laughs> I'm going to try to make it the best song. The best song. And, and, and hope that it just reached generations and generations. Oh, you and got some songs in your arsenal, my nigga. Bang, bang. You, you got some songs in your arsenal. Bang, bang. I'm just saying, all of us, you know, we all got different Different ways of looking at it and different reasons why we want to, you know, leave our mark. And I hear people say a lot of times, like, oh, I got to do this for my kids. I got to do it for my spouse. Like, I got to do it. And for me, I'm not there. I don't have that yet. So for me, it's literally doing it for the love of, the art of, the the legacy of, and, and leaving something beautiful that, you know, people can listen to for generations to come. So... Yeah, I support you and yours. Go hard. Do your thing. Like, super proud of you. You be out here. Man, the type of legacy I'm trying to live. Fighting off deer. <laughs> Fighting <laughs> off wild animals going to your job, dog. I hate them motherfuckers, man. Goddamn Amazon forest out there, man. Fighting for my life dealing with them animals, dog. man. Tears. Um, Real tears. I think the uh, when it comes to legacy, man, if I can just... Uh, Get somebody to name their kid after me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody oh. just named their child Ruff. Oh, 
Oh you know what I'm saying? I get I'll get rough tatted on them, bro. That's, wow. That's the type of legacy I'm trying to live. Wow. Real hood rat yeah, shit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what, okay. I just want to, you know, do hood rat shit with my friends Clearly. and live my best life. Uh, listen, I'm sure you could just give a crackhead a, a quarter piece and then get your name tattooed. Man, nah, with a crackhead, I mean, it got to be somebody that's going to do something with it. So okay. when, when they get interviewed, they'll be like, so we see you got this tattoo that say rough. What does it mean? You know what I'm saying? Then they go into the spill that, you know. The fact that you might be semi-serious is taking me out right now. Hey, man, you never know, man. Wow. Or at least, you know, somebody, you know, a little kid grow up and they ask him, like, so what? why did they name you Rough? Like, why is Rough your middle name or something like that? And be like, well, you know, my mama or my daddy knew this person named Rough. That's how Rough... It's going to be lived on for legacy. That's how I'm passing myself down. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, I don't think I'm creative. I can't sing. You know what I'm saying? I might be able to drop you 16 bars on a okay, good day. Okay, okay. On a you good day. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But, okay. You know what I'm saying? You can put a piano in front of me. I'm going to hit them keys. Listen, but that shit ain't going to sound right. Get you a ghostwriter like everybody else got. Go on, spit that fire. Make you a mixtape. Hey, a lot of people... Do have ghostwriters, but I'm finna be. I ain't finna use no damn ghostwriter. Like, you gonna get all 16 of these trash ass bars for me. <laughs> hey, and we gonna call it a day. Okay. You know what I'm okay. That's how we gonna do That's it. That's right. Bro. You take your own destiny by the horns. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But, man, um, you know, I appreciate you doing this podcast. Yeah, anytime. You know what I'm saying? Um, Welcome to the D. Hey, listen, I'm glad I was able to come up here and finally get you on the podcast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that was important. That's one of the things that I had to make sure I get accomplished while I was up here in Detroit. Get Miss Tiffany Chanel hey, on my podcast. I'm feeling blessed. Thank you, know, you for considering me. Yeah, man. So um, let people know once again where they can find your podcast and anything else. Let the people know, man, whatever you want them to know. Well, podcast again is Tiffany Tune Up. It can be found on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, all the things. And um, nothing else I want y'all to know. You know, I will usually give good updates on the podcast, what I got going on creatively, um, where I am in that process. So definitely check it out. And uh, I'm going to do better at posting because uh I ain't going to lie, I've been on a fake little hiatus for a couple of weeks, just trying to get my bearings. Been working a lot of overtime to what? Fun those dreams. So that <laughs> has a lot to do with it. But um, I'm very, very uh, fortunate to be here. And thank you for having me on the show. Man, no problem, man. I appreciate you once again for coming through. And, um, you know, everybody, you know where you can find me. Um, you know, you can hit the website, emailbychoice.com simplecast.com or um, ignorant by choice underscore pod on Facebook um, uh, Instagram ignorant by choice underscore podcast uh, Twitter um, IBC podcast underscore of course you know I'm on all major uh, podcast streaming like Apple iTunes I mean Apple Podcasts uh, Google Podcasts Stitcher Spotify you name it, I'm now, fam. Hey. I'm now. You know what I'm saying? But I appreciate everybody who's listening. Um, I love you guys, and uh, peace and blessings. Shout out to my brother on a whole nother level. Uh, Mr. Rough Show, can't no one do it better. Uh,